Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with John Stongi, who is a pastor, author, podcaster, and professor. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with John Stongi, who is a pastor, author, podcaster, and professor. Super excited for this conversation today. If you're a new listener, welcome. Great time to join. Glad to have you. Longtime listeners, thanks as always for your continued support. Know that you're going to enjoy this conversation today. John uh, discusses a little bit more about um, how we think about ourselves compared to how God thinks about us. And there can sometimes, actually all the time, be um, a dissonance. There can be um, just a, a, a space, really, in between where we, how, how negatively, how we can condemn ourselves and how that's not how God thinks about us. We, we break down kind of some of the, the, the pitfalls, how we can, what we can fall victim to. Um, but then... Um, where the gospel provides hope, provides truth, how we can find our way out of that, um, coming to the Lord, coming to God to to really shake and to reorient us on um, the things that are of Him. So we break down uh, His devotional um, and just you know how we can learn to to pray, to be in fellowship, uh, and just to have influences that are going to change our lives for the better. I'm really excited for this conversation today and hope that you enjoy. Without further ado, here's my conversation with John. John, thanks so much for joining me and the Guys Like Us podcast today. It's great to have you. Tyler, it's great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so John, it's, uh, you know, it's, well, I guess the end of March now, getting in, approaching Easter soon, um, and the kind of the the joy of Easter, um, but then also uh, the joy of this new book as well. And so your you know book is launching in May, and um, excited to to jump in and dive into this book. Let's say is it kind of book slash devotional? Would you say, or is it? it, it yeah, it certainly it certainly could be used in a devotional way. It's yeah. not, it's not directly a devotional, but I'm, I'm the yeah. feedback I'm already getting is that some people have told me that that's partly how they plan to use it, which is okay. great because I wrote it with the idea that yeah. it'd be something useful, not just something that, you know, is like a, something that fills our knowledge base, yeah. but something that we could actually put into practice. Hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and so can you, yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about what, what went into, um, so, you know, so you're an author and, uh, and pastor and, uh, I'm sure you, you know, have, have seen kind of a lot of how people, uh, the book title is called dwell on these things. Um, and so I, I know people have, uh, a lot of different kind of ideas of who they are, who God is, um, and their own kind of the old kind of loops that they can get themselves in with, that, how, they, how they think about themselves, but can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, the kind of the background of how uh, this book kind of came to fruition here? Sure. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed throughout the years of, of being a pastor is that I have a lot of opportunity to speak and teach and preach to people, and I've been pastoring for 23 years, so I have no idea how many sermons and Bible studies and other training events that would oh. include during that time, more than I could probably 
figure out at this point. So mm-hmm. I have a certain amount of opportunity throughout the course of a week to preach and teach. And, you know, those that are in college, you have your professors that are teaching you. Those of you that are in high school, you have your teachers Mm -hmm. that are giving you information. You know, we listen to podcasts. We listen to uh, audiobooks. We we do Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. We've got information coming at us from a variety of directions. But nobody has the opportunity to preach to your heart more than you do. And one of the things that I've noticed is that many of us as believers preach an incorrect message to our hearts. So even those of us that claim to know the scriptures at times will preach the message of the gospel accurately to other people, but to ourselves, Hmm. we're not preaching it. We're uh, filling our minds with uh, accusatory statements, or we're filling our minds with statements of condemnation that are outside of what scripture tells us is true. We're forgetting about our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. We're forgetting about Mm -hmm. the fact that we're a new creation in Christ. And when you look at what Scripture tells us, when you get to the book of Philippians chapter 4, and you get down to verse 8, it tells us that there's a variety of things that we're supposed to think about. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to dwell on certain things that are helpful and and beneficial and ultimately things that bring glory to Christ. And it kind of dawned on me a couple of years ago when the the seeds of the idea for this book came to my mind. I thought, boy, you know, it, it would be so helpful if we could get into the spot where we started accurately preaching the gospel to our own hearts so our minds would start dwelling on things that are true and helpful Mm -hmm. and lovely Mm -hmm. and beneficial. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I I wrote this book. It's a a 31-day challenge to talk to yourself like God talks to you. And it's meant to be very practical. It's meant to be very helpful. I actually hope people find it entertaining as well because I was very uh, revealing with some life stories that crack me up every time I tell them. And so I made sure to include a bunch of them in the book. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the essence of the book. And that's mm-hmm. why I felt motivated to put it together. Again, as a pastor, I, I, I preach the gospel every week. I highlight the truth of Scripture every week, multiple times a week. But I know I will never have the opportunity to preach to somebody's heart more than they have the opportunity to preach to themselves. And so if their mm-hmm. mind is going to dwell on things of God, they need to start talking mm-hmm. to themselves the way God talks to them. And mm-hmm. I hope this book helps. Yeah, no, certainly. And and I think you mentioned a few of those things that we can perhaps fall victim to or fall into. One of them is condemnation um, mm-hmm. of ourselves. And uh, it's not of not of God. How do we... What what are some of the kind of the, the the things that we can fall into ourselves before we kind of move on to those things that we kind of have the opportunity to be dwelling in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that tends to be a big problem for many of us is that yeah. we try and either wrap our identity around worldly labels, right? So we think that our self-worth is tied up either in our occupation Mm-hmm. or our skill, or what we own, mm-hmm. or the opinions of other people. That's actually something I see that pastors struggle with quite a bit. Their whole sense of self-worth could be wrapped up in the opinions of their congregation or other people that are analyzing their work, and they receive a lot of a lot of feedback and a lot of criticism. And so that, mm-hmm. that's one thing, you know, the, the, our sense of identity. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's also... Um, you know, this this idea that worldly values can sometimes impact us as believers. So there are things that this world is chasing after that they think that those things are going to satisfy the deepest longing of their soul. 
But we know as believers that the deepest longing of our soul is not going to be satisfied through worldly and temporary things. It's only satisfied through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we need to stop identifying ourselves through things that can change. And we need to stop trying to satisfy the deepest longing of our soul mm -hmm. with things of this world that have no capacity to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by the grace of God, we see in Scripture that the Lord offers us something better. And so, yeah. you know, all throughout the course of this book, uh, what we're doing is trying to highlight that so that we could preach a new message to our hearts. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that, that's spot on. I'm just thinking as you were, as you were speaking here on, I mean, in, in the gospels, we look at the, the, the temptation to have uh, for Jesus to have all, all kind of all the power here and now, right. In, um, mm -hmm. and kind of on, on, in this high place, um, and that denial and, ref and refusal to, to take that 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 place, um, and so I think that there must be kind of a sacrificial or kind of this element of suffering as well that we that we find. Um, but I, I think that's one of the, one of the things is a kind of maybe perhaps a misunderstanding of of suffering or misunderstanding of pa pain, um, mm -hmm. and understanding it kind of when we look you know in James or in Peter, suffering for good and. Um, can you can you kind of unpack a little bit because I was looking through a few of the chapters and you know notice that that's definitely a theme that emerges. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because the Lord doesn't waste anything He allows us to go through. So if He allows you to go yeah. through suffering, which I'm sure He has, and He certainly allowed me to go through seasons of suffering as well, some minor seasons and brief seasons, and some that I would say were more intense. One of the great benefits that come from those moments is that our faith gets deepened. And we just grow in the sanctification process. It, it helps strip away mm -hmm. the things that we used to put our hope in. Because we realize that nothing's going to fix our suffering for us like Christ can. Mm -hmm. My mind mm -hmm. is not going to find peace through trying to uh, attempt to, to flood it with peace through worldly things. It's just mm -hmm. not going to happen. And so if I go through a season of suffering, that's obviously painful. And I don't think the Lord minimizes that. I don't think he's trying to say, hey, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. But what he does what he does do for us is that he gives us hope in the midst of it where mm -hmm. we can see beyond it. Mm -hmm. And we know it's just for a season. That's one of the things that we emphasize in the book, that when you're going through those those tough patches, those rough spots, yeah. that you can look at it from the eternal perspective. And you, one of the things that our mind should be dwelling on in the midst of that, one of the things we should be preaching to our heart is the type of thing that the Lord says in his word. It's just for a season. It's mm -hmm. a light and momentary trouble that doesn't last forever from mm -hmm. the span of eternity 10,000 years ago you know if we're able to just look back at, at yeah. these seasons uh, you know 10,000 years into the future as we're in eternity with Christ right. we're gonna look back at some of these trials and we're going to be grateful for the ways that our faith was strengthened and our reliance on Christ was deepened and it stripped away the things of this world that that we thought were so important mm -hmm. That's a, I mean, and and I agree. I think so, so. So many times we can fall into this trap of like, ah, if if I just had this right here, I I'd be content or I'd be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and what we start to create is kind of this conditional love of, you know, I I I love this as long as it fulfills this kind of my whatever need and yeah. desire I believe is the right one, All right? And then it, it turns into this kind of conditional love. And I know you you know speaking about the kind of difference between unconditional God loves us unconditionally, but we, we don't love other people unconditionally. And mm -hmm. so we, we have a lot of conditions. Can you unpack a little bit more about, 
unconditional and conditional love. So I think that's super sure. important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, 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 and I'll ask you a question. Do you, do you pay attention to any sports? Oh yeah. You care about sports? Oh, lots All right. Of, yeah. what, what's, what's your go-to in that, in that world? Cause I have a story I want to tell you right now it's college hoops. So college, college basketball. College hoops. Yeah. All right. So what's your team? Wisconsin. Go Badgers. All right. Okay. All yeah. right. Are you, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be in Wisconsin in a few weeks. Awesome. Um, all right. So I have a lot of good friends in Wisconsin, so you're, you're in good company. Yes. Um, the, uh, all right. So, uh, <laughs> while I was writing the book, yeah. uh, I, on a Sunday afternoon after worship services, uh, you know, I, I came home, I knew I had things that evening, but I, I was tired. I needed to just kind of rest a little bit. I sat down on my recliner. I actually had a sandwich and some other things. Right. And all I wanted to do, I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. And so I wanted to watch the Eagles play. Yeah. And uh, while I was sitting down, just trying to relax, yeah. I got a text from another friend of mine who's also a pastor. Now he lives in New England yeah. and he grew up in the South, but he roots for the Bears. Isn't that strange? Oh, like yeah. I, I was like, what is your connection with the Bears? But his wife grew up in Wisconsin and her parents have a big connection with Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. she was a big bears fan and he adopted her team when they got married. And he said to me, he said, and the, the Eagles were playing the bears that day. And he said to right. me, he said, I just want you to know that if the Eagles beat the bears today, which they had done the year before and knocked them out of the playoffs, which was great yeah. uh, in yeah. that moment. My apologies to those of you in Chicago listening. Please <laughs> forgive me. But as an Eagles fan, I know that you can understand. Oh, yes. Um, and he said, I'm just letting you know, if the Eagles beat the Bears today, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> and I replied to him in a way that I knew he'd understand. I, I said, listen, I'm a pastor, so I'm pretty used to conditional love. <laughs> I know how this goes. Oh, yeah. Because there are people right. that, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, I, I've noticed it in my role of leadership that yeah. there are some people I've interacted with through the years that I think they only like me as long as I'm useful. They only like me as long as I do what, what they want me to do. And the second I do something that doesn't fit with what they want me to do or whatever their agenda right. is, I'm useless to them. They cast me aside. It's like, fine, I'll go to another church. Fine, you know, now we're not friends. Fine, I'm not going to talk to you. And I got to tell you, after 23 years of pastoral ministry and dealing with that, I'm like, hey, peace, get lost don't care. That's the defensive side that comes out of me. Right. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, all you're trying to do is, is protect your heart because deep down, you know, they just hurt you. And so you get used to this like conditional love that you receive from so many people mm -hmm. and it's troubling. And if it hurts well enough, you know, I mean, I'm someone who likes people. So that sort of stuff, the truth is that actually hurts. Right. Right. And, right. uh, and unfortunately when you deal with it enough, you can start thinking about your relationship with God as if that's conditional as well, as if he's not going to love you as much on your bad days as he does on your good days. And that's not a healthy message to preach to our heart. We don't, just because other people treat us with an unhealthy form of conditional love, mm -hmm. we really don't want that to start creeping into our view of God. And so we need to, we need to recognize that scripture doesn't tell us that our relationship with God operates that way. The nature of his love is not temperamental. It's not fickle. And so we shouldn't right. preach to our heart that God's love is like the kind of fake love that we've received from people that during the course of our life just love us as long as we're useful and then abandon us and then we realize they didn't love us at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
No, and that, that 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 rings true for me. And I'm thinking that I also coach kids soccer, and and um, you know, it's it's the same disposable nature kind of of being a coach is like, okay. all right, get my get my kids to this place, get to get them to the next game after the yeah, season, bye. after the season, all right, and see you later. And it, yeah, you're right. I mean, it does hurt, and it's it's uh, there is some like. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I wish that I was valued more and kind of I was loved more and cared more about. And I think that's that's the beautiful thing about the God that we serve um, is having that relationship. And I mean, and so I think about so many ways that that we can connect. And, you know, I think I think of, you know, just of kind of digesting in our spiritual disciplines. What what is um, I think what is what has been helpful kind of how have you processed kind of where how we can really start to reorient I guess, our, our view of ourself? Is it in prayer? What has been kind of the, the catalyst here? I, I think it's a variety of yeah. things. I think prayer is key, right? Because we want to actually be communicating with the Lord and, and in, inviting the, the Holy Spirit to clarify our thinking. Yeah. And so the, the, the spiritual disciplines of prayer and, and being in the scripture, we can't minimize those because you know, even though mm-hmm. I think some people treat that as the standard answer that they expect a Christian to give, the reason it's a standard answer is because it matters. And th- this is something that these are the basic spiritual disciplines the Lord wants us mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. facilitate. But I also think fellowship is a key aspect of this. Mm-hmm. And so there yeah. are people that are in my life that I try to nurture and invest in those relationships and try to make those relationships mutually beneficial in the sense that we're both communicating the gospel to each other intentionally. So I'm a pastor, but I have colleagues that I, I treat them like they're my pastor. And uh, I, I welcome their input. I welcome their feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. even their their correction or, or any, of, any of that, I just trust their voices. And I know that they love me on my best days and my worst days, and they're not mm-hmm. trying to get something from me. Mm-hmm. They just want to help me and, and bless me, and, I, and they know I want to help and bless them. And so those kind of relationships, those fellowship relationships that we have as brothers in Christ, huge help. Mm-hmm. And so there are people that I've just taken the risk to, to be transparent with, and um, yeah. they're a blessing. And, I, and I'll, I'll mention a, an additional thing. I try and be very careful about what I allow to influence me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm very careful about what I allow myself to watch on TV or watch online, or read, or whatever it may be, because I really don't want to be filling my head with things that are not in line with what Scripture teaches, because right. if I, yeah. it's, like, it's like we indoctrinate ourselves. The culture just wants to indoctrinate us yeah. to prioritize worldly things, and so often we as Christians, we pay to be indoctrinated by it, and I look at that, and I'm like, why do we do this? It's taking us down a, a path that leads to death, disease, and depression, and we think that somehow that's going to bring benefit. And it's like, no, it doesn't bring benefit. You know, get right back to the gospel. Get right yeah. back to Christ. He loves you, and he's got your best interest in heart. And, uh, and and he wants to help your mind get to that better place of where your fellowship with him is paramount, and your faith in him is strong, and you learn to trust him in all circumstances. makes a huge difference in mm-hmm. the quality of life that we lead. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and actually, I think those two are, are the ones I think that are most important right now. And I think are maybe we're, we're missing a little bit as a as as believers and as Christ followers. I think first on the fellowship component. I think during during the this time right now in coronavirus and the pandemic, that's kind of put a strain on some of our relationships. And 
getting people, getting people to kind of get back and, and be together in fellowship. You know, you can't, you can't do this, do this faith walk alone. And I think a lot of people think that, and we're going to start seeing, I think the the, uh, repercussions of kind of disobeying that. Um, And then on, on the, and then I think on the other part, on on the other component too, um, is um, just in, yeah, in our, I guess our influences and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. In our, right, in our influences, and I, I mean, I think about just setting up sometimes, like, hey, like, the first few hours in the morning, I don't need to look at my phone, I, I have my priorities, I already know what they are, because guess what happens, well, as soon as, you know, these companies, they're they're out to, to, to hold your attention, you know, I think totally. there's, a, there's some, been some studies, and the biggest, you know, the biggest competitor for Netflix was sleep for a while, and, <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, because it's, you know, they have, they have people that are working on grabbing your attention and looking at the, the psychology and science behind it of how they do it. And you know, it works and they know how to, they know how to catch people. So setting yourself up and it starts kind of with yourself of, um, yeah. of knowing, Hey, this is, I, for my own kind of, for my own understanding of or my own posture and position of what I want to influence me here, here's kind of the daily inputs that I can take and being, being wise about that. So mm-hmm. man, so super important. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, well, hey John, I'm, you know it's been it's been awesome, and I do hope folks can kind of get a get a copy, and also just kind of check into what you're doing. Where can we? Um, I guess two final thoughts here. Where can we find you? Stay up to date. Um, I know this is uh, this is this will be launching in May. Um, podcast will come out around that time as well. Um, mm-hmm. But then also just if you know maybe a word of encouragement or just a, a final point for for listeners um, to wrap up. Yeah, well, if, if people want to connect with me more, they can do so via my website, which is desirejesus.com, and they'll find a whole bunch of stuff on there that I hope will be helpful to them, just a bunch of articles that are meant to encourage their faith. I even have some freebies over there that might be be helpful. And, uh, and thanks again for mentioning the book. Uh, Dwell on These Things will be out May 25th, so if, if that's helpful to people, I hope they'll pick up a copy. And I, I guess just one final word of encouragement, like you asked, Mm-hmm. is uh, just let's make it a pattern to start preaching the gospel to our hearts. The gospel is not just for the person who doesn't yet know Christ. It's supposed it's supposed to be food that we are nourished with all throughout the course of our lives. There should never be a time where our mind or our life goes beyond appreciating the truth mm-hmm. of the gospel. And uh, when we understand how it applies, not just to the moment where we come to faith in Christ, but also applies to our daily walk with Christ, that makes a huge difference. Right. Your quality right. of life will dramatically change. Right, right. And it's it's taking in that spiritual milk. I think that's the image of like, you almost have to kind of relearn some things when you are when you come to faith and as you continue to grow in your sanctification as well um, mm-hmm. before you can get any further. It just, it's back to what's important um, right. and and who God is. And so, John, thank you so much for, uh, for your time and... Um, my best to you and um, be praying just for a, a successful and just a, just, you know, a, whatever God wills in this book launch, um, that it will be. Well, thanks uh, so much, well. Tyler. It was great to be with you and uh, m- my greetings to your audience as well. Hope everybody's doing well. Thank you so much.